Hello friends, welcome to episode 142 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? Um, it's been a stressful, surprising week, but good. Like, over the weekend, I got some good writing done. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that you shared, uh, something with me, uh, that kind of gave me a little more focus. I bought you a book. You did, you Mm -hmm. did, uh, for, uh, uh, helping me with my Savage Sea ideas. Yeah, it was the, uh, the Savage World setting for, oh god, what was it called? Uh, Uh, Effectively Three Musketeers. Yeah, it was the Three Musketeers setting, Um, yeah. But really well done. Mm -hmm. I, I, I honestly will say... Probably some of the best translation from the Seventh Sea Sword School design. I'm not saying it's a match by any means. Do not try and do comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the flavor is definitely there. I think I think the feeling, the motivation. Um, but like we were just saying, uh, there there are definitely things I'm gonna, I, I don't want to get into here, but uh, that I'm going to have to look through it. But it's a great jump point. Oh it's, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. great information in there. So. I, I saw a, a Reddit thread that that made me think of that. Okay, um, and somebody else was saying like, oh yeah, blah blah blah, we're doing Savage Seven Seas, and like I wanted to gush all over them and just be like, oh my god, you know, like I got a homie, please, please, <laughs> like fill me in. Like so, somebody somebody's asking like, how do you do sword schools? And somebody mm-hmm. in that thread suggested um, there are rules upon drive through RPG, uh, a setting called All for One Regime Diabolique. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, I, I, I definitely think there are some thing, there's some some huge merits to it, huge mm-hmm. merits. But I I think there's some of it that's just goes in the wrong direction. Sure, from sure. what I'm doing. But it definitely gives me some good ideas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely a good jumping off point. At least. And and as a whole, I think like we were we literally just as we were getting ready to start the show, we're talking about uh, Savage World and the simplicities of it. And the, the key thing about Savage World is that the result is always w- what is the end result, not yeah. the drama, not yeah. how it shows off, not anything. Are they stunned? Are they disoriented? You, did they take damage? Like, these are the basic things. Mm-hmm. Everything else is flavor. Everything, flavor it up however you want. Don't yep. care. Yep. That doesn't give you, you, you the result. You tell me all about all the cool kick flips you did and yep. the taunts and you dabbed How you afterwards. stared into their soul, uh, the, you know? The, the end result is you punched them in the gut and you made them stunned. Cool. Like, great, you know? <laughs> great. Now they're disoriented. Now, and now they're vulnerable. There you go. Boom. You know? Yep. Perfect. Perfect. So... Yeah. So uh, again, sometimes when you're you're looking uh, you're, you're looking at something, you have to remember that the systems have different levels of simplicity, and Savage World is one of those where they just try and get you to the point. Yeah. If you if you ever find yourself in playing Savage Worlds and and wanting to get simulationist about things of like how would this really like stop? Yep. Right there. Yep. And just it's not simulation. Back. It's fast, yeah. fun, furious. Just worry about the outcome. Yeah, the ver verisimilitude. Verisimilitude, verisimilitude yes. is not high for as for the system. No, I think it is. I mean, you you still can. It's just all in the narration. It doesn't it, re- rely the... on its rules to adjudicate the verisimilitude. For there you go. You. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, it's not simulationist. Just, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. So back to our scale. It's pulpy and abstract. Yeah. Um, but we're actually taking a giant step away from the game itself with this show. A little bit, yeah. Um, well, we were we, talking earlier. We were like, we're, tonight's night. Tonight's show is actually kind of not about role playing. No, no, it's it's about the table. It's about mm-hmm. bringing people to the table, keeping people at the table, and taking care of that. And really, that has less to do with the game in most cases. Not completely, mm-hmm. but less um, because there's a lot of intangible things and a lot of unspoken things yeah. that that get developed over time and i think 
Um, if you examine your friendship with people and the things you do, you will recognize some of these things naturally. Um, but a lot of people and a lot of game masters that I, I've looked at, um, especially ones who are doing it online, tend to start to forget mm-hmm. what they're doing and walk away from this part of the game, this care for your players that you have to have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, And when you do have that care and when you don't just keep it to yourself... And you actually describe what you're doing and and how it, and you keep it as an open conversation. How much it can respond back to you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that that's important on both sides of the scale. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, th- I think we've we've talked about some of these things a little bit, but uh, uh, in previous shows. But I think it's really good to have them all kind of in one place and discussing the care and feeding of your players right. of of just making sure that you are being a good host to your players and making yes. sure that everybody's comfortable. Yeah, I think one of the one of our earlier shows we kind of described it as hosting a party. Mm-hmm. That's the simplistic run of caring for something is when you're running a game, you are hosting a party. You're there to keep the party lively. You're there to to make sure that all of the things are where they need to be, so that people know how to get to them. You're there to make sure that they have accessible access to things to take care of themselves, whether it's food, water, restroom. You know, uh, you're there to make it feel safe, make mm-hmm. sure nobody's like lighting the place on fire. You know, um, and at the same time, you're kind of less of a part of the party, and. You are the host. And in that, in being the host, you are bringing most of what needs to be prepared for said party. Yeah. yeah. Um, and unfortunately, like, it doesn't, or I shouldn't say unfortunately, uh, it is more common to forget about those things when it's virtual because you don't think about the same results because there's less to think about. Well, you don't you don't have the same physical interaction with your with your players. Mm-hmm. So, like when you're virtual, uh, especially if like you weren't playing with cameras, like like we weren't, mm-hmm. you know, all we had was voice over Discord. Yep. And uh, you don't have that that sort of visual feedback of like being able to see a person get fidgety mm-hmm. or or start like wilting or you know rolling their shoulders because they're they're just or or hearing the small things because they're muted yeah 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 exactly so it's it's difficult it's far more difficult to do when you're when you're virtual i agree i Um, agree but a lot of them still apply a lot of the standard rules apply sure one other one other um addendum i would like to put on this before we get started Mm -hmm. into the minutiae and stuff like that is Mm -hmm. that these also aren't solely the responsibility of the storyteller oh heck no um I would actually say this is more probably the responsibility of the person who is hosting. And the the reason I say that is because, um, like, in our gaming situation, mm-hmm. typically we game over here at your place. We do. Um, and that's mostly because uh, my home is modest. If I have more than two people over, we start to trip over one another. And so yeah, and it's, you, you don't have the physical table space and room around it to yes. be able to show off some of the beautiful terrain and things you create. Right. And so you uh, you have a little bit more room to, to, mm-hmm. to host a, a few more guests. So we're, I also have better parking, straight up. Yeah, so. and straight up better parking. <laughs> so um, so typically we play over here. Mm-hmm. So typically you're actually, even though I'm when I'm storytelling, mm-hmm. you're typically in the position to play host. Correct. Um, because of this, but there are certain things that, that I share in the responsibility too. And that's because sitting in the DM seat, I am in the position to, um, pay attention to all of my players mm-hmm. at the table. Whereas you as the players are mostly just paying attention to me and your own character. Correct. You know? Um, and so the, the attention and care needed to look at everybody and make sure that everybody at the, at the table is having a good time sits in my lap. 
Yes. Yes. Um, now you have a metaphor for uh, for this um, called passing the ketchup. This pa- was the ketchup. Pass the ketchup. Yes. And it's this isn't mine. Okay. Um, I was having dinner with a very dear friend, his wife and his daughter and my wife, and we got into this loop discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, she had an apostrophe, an epiphany, if you will, um, where <laughs> lightning uh, struck a brain. Exactly. <laughs> See, he struck my brain. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she said. And and, and I'm going to paraphrase a lot of what she said, but uh, it was really kind of profound. And that is, is that when you're sitting at lunch or dinner with your friends and you see that there's no ketchup on the table, which Mm -hmm. is something that does happen. And you've got fries on your plate. You won't necessarily get up and go get it. But if somebody else at the table who has fries looks for ketchup, you, you catch them scanning for ketchup and either they ask or they're about to ask. You will look to the left and see it at an empty table and go grab it. Mm -hmm. You'll have no problem grabbing it for your friend to take care of them. But you won't necessarily take care of yourself. But you won't do for yourself, nor will you ask. Mm -hmm. That is a mentality that we get locked in. Because you don't want to be a burden to other people. But you will very willingly step up to help someone else in your friend circle. Correct. So the the, the pass the ketchup concept comes into gaming in, in the sense that there are times when, as the storyteller, there are things you need that would accommodate the entire group. Mm-hmm. Okay, the table at large. And that's helping be proactive to make sure that you're taking care of those needs, but also other players witnessing this. And this is where it goes both ways, whether you're the host of the area, like I am, I'll sometimes make sure that there's food. Even mm-hmm. if we've not talked about it, even if, you know, maybe we're doing it right after dinner and like everybody says they're going to take care of their stuff, I will always make sure there's something to eat yeah. and something to drink because inevitably, the one time that I don't, someone will need something and they will we will have the Kit Kat, you know, or the, the you know, Snickers, the Snickers moment, yeah. moment where they're just grumpy the entire time and all they needed was like a sandwich. I would yeah. like to rage. You're not playing a barbarian. I'm raging anyways. Would you like a Snickers? Snickers? <laughs> okay. Not sponsored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll backstab. There you go. There you go. <laughs> There's no, my rogue. <laughs> you're not playing a rogue when you're... <laughs> yeah. And, and But that's the thing. Or like, or the whole concept of the V8 where you're not quite right. You're 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 at a forty five degree angle to the game. I thought you were going to say I'm not straight. I mean that's just sex. <laughs> but uh, but the whole concept is is that you're you're just not there. And so bringing snacks that are for everyone mm-hmm. is a mind frame that that getting the ketchup ready for the other person so that they're not asking for it. Because when they don't ask for it, when it's there, when you provide it, it's not just your gratification for bringing to the table, mm-hmm. but it's that. Everything is a little smoother. Yeah. Because you did that. Yeah. And that smoothness helps everyone. Exactly. exactly. And that's that's the concept that I kind of want to kind of put behind all of this today is that that if you can keep that in your head, that pass the catch up mind frame, your games will be better both at, from a player's perspective and as a storyteller. Right. You know, well, you know uh, rising tides raise all ships. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, Many and now, hands make light work. I mean, we could really keep going. <laughs> the, the other the other thing we want to kind of drop at the beginning of this discussion here is that this is not like you can't control everything at all times. Oh God! No. Um, 
like people have varying lives, mm-hmm. varying access to things. Mm-hmm. Um, this basically is to describe kind of a best case scenario for everything and things we've hit. Um, things we've hit. Um, so obviously, there's a lot of what we're going to discuss today that may not represent your gaming setup, may not represent the players in your group, mm-hmm. uh, may not re- represent any of your unique circumstances. That's not to say that we are intentionally omitting them or anything like that. No. Just that we cannot cover the breadth of human experience in the discuss <laughs> in a discussion of you know of one right. one single hour long podcast um so if if we don't if we don't talk about your particular circumstances uh by all means like sh- share them with us on on twitter by on means. uh on our discord uh let us know what your your circumstances are and and uh we'd love to discuss them but also don't take this as a list of like you're a bad storyteller if you don't oh god don't sort please of don't. thing please don't um, we're not that type of storyteller. Yeah. So this 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 isn't this isn't to shame anybody who doesn't do these practices. This is just a hey, you know, best case scenario, these sort of things can happen at your table. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never play at your table unless you do this, but <laughs> <laughs> Rob. No. Not in the least. So, where do we start? Uh okay, so I, I kinda wanna start with ensuring that your environment is conducive to gaming. Oh Lord. Um, and that is basically just making sure that the place where you are playing a game is a good place to play a game. Yes. Yes. Convenience is one thing. Having the right location. Location, location, location. Location, location. Now, um, <laughs> what do we mean by this? So I'm going to tell a little story here. And uh, uh, see, I, I don't know. I, I kind of almost want to address Overwatch's question at this because this this story I'm about to tell is my answer to Overwatch's question. Go ahead. You can address this question just so, so the people are aware. Uh, so the question that Overwatch submitted this week is, uh, do you have any disaster stories or tales of warning where the care and feeding of players went wrong, either as a host, a player, or an incident, an innocent bystander? Um, and so uh, ours was a major failure in conducive location to gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was a player in this game, okay. but I will say I was the one that instigated the discussion of to have the game in this particular location. Mm. Um, and Knox in the box, uh, I know he's, I see him floating around the live chat here is, uh, was, was at this game. This is, this is the, uh, the game that, uh, Sean was running. Gotcha. Uh, and, uh, so we had moved out, uh, kind of to the other side of the Detroit area, um, okay. yep. uh, which, which put about an hour's worth of distance between Knox and us. Okay. Um, and so when we try to get together for gaming still, uh, there was discussion about finding a middle point right, that right. we would both have like basically a half hour drive to. Sure. And there is a, an FLGS, a friendly local gaming store. Yep. Yep. Um, that was more or less equidistant mm-hmm. to us. Um, I'm not going to name the place cause no, no, you don't no. bring that into it. It's not important. No, it's not important. Um, but, uh, we found, we found this semi, uh, convenient location. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, a gaming store. A lot of FLGSs have gaming spaces, mm-hmm. little tables in the back and stuff of like that. And you're welcome to come in and, and bring your game there. Right, right. Um, so we did. On one occasion, there was a Pokemon tournament going on. Which happens. I mean, sure. So there was like 48 people there. Oof. All Oof. in the same room as us. And it wasn't that like we were crowded because they kind of had these like couches yeah. Off to the side. And that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Like, we were out from underfoot. The problem was is that there was the noise 
of forty eight people in a medium sized hall. Yeah, all talking with with excited tones and excited tones and frustrated cinder, tones and the echoes of cinder block walls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just, we, we couldn't hear anything. Mm. Uh, we always, mm. we were basically like shouting and straining to hear the entire time. Oof. Oof. It was just rough. That's now I, in comparison with that, before you get to the meat of the story, um, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cause I remember this one now, uh-huh. um, doing stuff at conventions can feel the same way. Oh, I bet. Um, and you don't, uh, as a storyteller, you don't often get the right to pick your table. They, mm-hmm. If you're playing a specific game uh, because you've volunteered to run a game for a group, mm-hmm. um, or you've you're in an open game area and you've you've got a, a session that you've loaded, you know, you've logged in for, um, you can often get into those situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and conventions are often not conducive because of the noise and, thre- uh, oh, and yeah. thresholds that involve in that. Um, so it can get really kind of frustrating, but I, I really have to hand it to a lot of the uh, game, uh, a lot of the storytellers who do do conventions and can run successful games at them because it is not easy to keep that focus and to keep the group there. Um, and it, it takes quite a bit to do that. Um, I mean, you're in the mind frame of wanting to game way more at a convention that's for gaming mm-hmm. when you're doing that. But yeah, that drone that or or the the distractions that walk by at conventions yeah. is is some of the worst. It is yeah. some of the worst. Uh but you were saying to the the meat of the yes. <laughs> the meat of the yes. of the of, of of the discussion. Um this is the story of Hot Dog Kid. Yes. Uh so the store owners uh presumably sure. the owners um uh, apparently did not have childcare set up for their, um, I want to say like three to four year old. Okay. Uh, he was wandering around the store freely, just getting into things. Mm-hmm. And those things involved our game. Mm-hmm. Um, just a curious little three or four year old who saw us playing with neat little plastic toys on a map. And he wanted a part of this. Now the worst part is, and this is the reason we call him hot dog kid. Apparently, they had given him just, like, a hot dog to chew on. I don't know if it was especially hot or even if it was cooked or whatever, but this kid was just walking around with a hot dog in, in his hand. Yeah. And just kind of idly gnawing on it a little bit, but, like, sure. just barehanding this hot dog. Right, right. And, of course, wanders over to our table, sees all the neat little colorful plastic toys that we've got out there, all of our miniatures, and just wants to grab them. And now... This puts us in a weird situation now, because what are we supposed to do with this kid? Like, you don't want to manhandle somebody else's child, you know? That's just not... I mean, you do. Okay, you want to. You're not gonna. No, no. But, like, you know, at the same time, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Go to the owner and be like, hey, come get your damn kid, you know, or or Mm -hmm. whatever. But it puts us in a weird situation to have to, like, do something about this child... To stop him from manhandling our miniatures. Hot dog handling at that. Hot dog handling our miniatures. Even if he didn't break them or or wander off with them or something like that. Getting his hot dog fingers all over. Which is the least of the problems of, 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 of the food categories. I've oh, seen macaroni yeah. fingers and that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. It gets in everything. Now, to to the store owner's credit, they did they did come over relatively shortly thereafter and were like, Hey, 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 let's let's leave them alone. They're doing a thing. Please come on over here. But this this happened like three, four times each time we went over there where this kid would just wander over, like, Hey, what are you guys up to? And like try to crawl up on the couch with us and mm-hmm. we're like, Buddy, I don't feel right about this, you know? 
Yeah. Um, and just overall, not great gaming sessions. And and I I mean I can compare to that. I had uh I was playing in a game uh that uh, a friend was running, and they had a toddler, and both parents were playing in it, mm-hmm. and that toddler was all about being connected with that game and wanting to touch the board and wanting to roll dice and wanting to 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 show things and be things now. I have been at game sessions with kids where they have been really adorable and 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 wanting to be interested, but at the same time, like they'd come in the room and like, hey, I have this thing, and you'd give them a little attention. They would understand that you were doing something else, and then they would move on. Like they'd mingle, mm-hmm. and I thought that it, mingling adorable, but like, still sure, distracting. Sure. sure, like it doesn't always have to be ultra serious, block down. At that point, of the time, like you know? it's no different than a dog or a cat come in, and we'll get to that. That is a whole nother thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, realistically, the the problem comes in when, like, the child has to be tended to during the game session mm-hmm. to a degree that it is distracting and the people are not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I understand. They're, they're parents. They want a game. They want to try and fit this into their schedule. And look, it to makes be fair, sense. children need to be taken care of. Gaming is not more it important is not than more tending important. to the other human being you have brought right. into this world. Like, exactly. you get it. Right. But what we are saying is, is that it is a distraction from the game and a focus changer. So you have to be able to accommodate for those situations. Right. And if something can be done to mitigate it, like mm-hmm. if Breaks. a friend or relative can yep. take care of that child for four hours or something yep. like that, like, cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's something you can mitigate. Yeah. Possibly. One of the best ones that I've ever heard about was, um, and this actually came in result of me playing an online game with another group. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say who it was, but I was playing with them. And uh, one of the players, like... On camera, you could see his kids just constantly in his office. Mm-hmm. He had his own space to be able to do it, but they would constantly come in. There was It was basically like a three-ring circus running around in his house, oh whether it was them with their lightsabers or Nerf guns or whatever. Throughout the entire thing, it was completely distracting. Mm-hmm. Apparently, right after I got done playing with those people, I had made the comment like, hey, as a group, do we want to pitch in for like a babysitter? Mm-hmm. for them for that one night like i'd i'd pitch in money for that because i love this person i want to be able to game with them and it feels like they need it mm-hmm. like if it's a finance issue that's one thing if it's they can't find somebody that's a whole nother issue sure funny enough that group did that the next session for that person oh nice because even though his wife was home she would just come home and of course the kids are just woo you know because they're all there with them yeah so they just hired a babysitter mm-hmm and the like apparently the next session after that was smooth as glass. Nice. Like the babysitter was active with all of them. You could hear them in the other room, but it was in another room with the door shut and the the dad basically cried halfway through because he realized that he had been sitting there playing with his friends and being able to focus on the story for 2 hours. And he had just had a he had a, a rare moment of peace. Yeah. yeah. For 2 hours they had a solid game. He then went and checked on the kids. They were doing great. Came back, was just like, "Okay, I actually got to have dinner with the kids for a little bit and and now we're going to play a little bit more. My wife took a nap. Like, this is fantastic." Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. It's like it cost us like 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. This is nothing. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." But and sometimes you forget that. Yeah. You know, you try and squeeze so much in and you forget. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. 
And you just have to help people sometimes to get a level of that, you know, to get that, that back. Um, but yeah, I think the ambient noise is a whole nother add, excuse me, add to that. But the one thing you've got in here that I think is, uh, is often a problem, especially at your local game store is restrooms. They're not a restaurant, right? They're not going to have those available. So you may have to travel just to go to the bathroom. And I don't know about you, but I tend to want to have drinks and food. Yeah. Yeah. And you're there for a while. So it can get kind of frustrating. Well, also, you know, different people have different needs. And sometimes, you know, traveling 10 minutes to a bathroom when you, you know, when, when, when the need arises is yeah. not an option. Yeah. You know, <laughs> genders have issues at different levels. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. 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 Know? Yeah. D- different bodies have different needs. We'll just, yeah. we'll just, we'll just put it there. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I mean, typically this isn't, typically it's not an issue. I don't, I don't know everybody's home situation, but typically yeah. it's not an issue for playing over at somebody's house, but, you know. It can be. If, if you know, you've only got one bathroom and somebody decides, well, you guys are occupied playing the, uh, uh, playing your game, I'm going to go take an extended bath. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Definitely been a thing. Definitely been a thing. The last thing you need to do is just walk bolts in there and plop down and have a conversation. Don't, don't mind me. Yeah. I got something to take care of That's here, okay? Right. You look like you're already occupied anyway, yeah, yeah. so... You just keep relaxing right, and just right. ignore what you're doing. What, are we filling your wine wall, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is, sometimes places won't allow you to bring food or drink in. Also true, yeah. And that that can definitely be a thing and be a little risky. I think another thing that needs to be said about refreshments is, you also need to remind yourself what you're bringing. Mm-hmm. I, I've known a number of people who are very comfortable with bringing alcohol to, to uh, gaming. Yeah, And yeah. it getting out of hand. For the rest of the players. Not that they, like, are bad or anything, but it it puts them in a different state to not be able to play. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a level of, of, of comfort there that can sometimes be pushed over the edge. And as a host or as a storyteller, sometimes you need to watch, you need to help watch that. You need to help curtail that as a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I think we've got a future discussion coming up about... Um, uh, Mood-altering substances at the table. Yes, um, yes, because that's now a thing. Yeah, for for our 420 show. Yes. Oh, nice, it's, nice. Yeah, I, specifically why I scheduled it. That's fantastic, and I approve. So, uh, um, and yeah, I mean, we, we kind of, kind of, kind of had a situation like that in my last game. Well, no, of. we totally did, and um, we've actually had it in the past. But not in the way that you think. Well, okay, so uh, uh, here in it, here, but, here yeah. in Michigan, uh, recreational marijuana is legal. Yep. Um, and so there's a dispensary nearby that uh, a, a couple of my players um, uh, shop from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, whatever. We're all you know cool adults, adults and stuff of like that. So, but I think at the same time, like I know one in particular was having was using it for medicinal purposes directly because of pain. I, I, I think everybody at the table was using it for medicinal purposes. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, one one player for anxiety, one player for physical pain. Yeah, for, for uh, migraine, I believe. Yeah, so, I mean, it was... It was definitely, you know, it wasn't like people were getting, you know, were getting high just to, to like, play the game, to, yeah. to party or anything like that. Yeah. This wasn't, these weren't party drugs we were passing around. No, it was no. like, just, you know, rec- it, it, was, it was it was medicinal yeah. to, to regulate. Yeah. Um. But it still has an effect, and, it did. and I think it did. the ones that were being passed around were a little strong. So even for those, yeah. Um, uh, so towards the end of the game, they it, it, it was it was never it was never disruptive. No, like it was never to the point of being disruptive. But I did notice that one of my players was getting 
a little more vocal and assertive than usual, and another player had to chime in on everything mm-hmm. with little peanut gallery comments, and it was like, okay, you know, I see where this is happening. I see where this is happening, but as long as it stayed where it was, and it did, yeah, you know, it was it was fine. But but it changed, yeah, subtly yep. the mood at the table, you know. Yep. Yep. And I, I think that kind of stretches into our next thing we're talking about, which are players with needs. Yes. Um, wh- I know that I have players at my game who have, uh, we, you know, I have allergies, so I can't play in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be miserable playing at certain places. Um, we have uh, players who have special needs physically, whether they can't sit for long periods of time uh, because of back issues um, or, or joint issues. Yeah. Um, or they literally just can't sit because of uh, fidgeting. Like, they have a natural fidget that they need to handle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether it be any part of the broad ADHD spectrum, um, or, or ADD spectrum, I should say. Not mm-hmm. ADHD, ADD spectrum. Um, or even in-game triggers that can come out of things that just don't happen. Sure. It, it doesn't sure. have to be a major event either to start pushing those triggers. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes you just have to be aware that someone's in a little bit of distress, um, uh, you know, just a spoonful of distress to ch- that starts the process. Right, right, right. And we're we're not talking about like having to like you know sign medical waivers or anything. No, like that. no. But no. like mostly, this is just stuff you pick up knowing your friends, you know. Especially after several sessions, as you start gracing through the comfort zones like you you see me scro- you know squirming rolling my shoulders and then and looking you know uh craning my neck so i can look up at the ceiling mm-hmm. it, your first reaction is uh is, is sarah upset and then your second reaction is instantly oh no her neck hurts right because it does That's... and and how are we going to pause and respond for this right do you do you need an ice pack now just need to stretch okay cool. okay cool cool we'll take a minute and just let you stretch quick you know, kind pulse of thing. check and we're done yeah you know? but it's it's that little bit of a checkup that you're not going to bring up mm-hmm. as the player that I'm noticing. And that's that's kind of what we're talking through this right now um, is that like you we, we have, you know, uh, food allergies is a big one, you know, just yeah. knowing and being able to communicate those with your players and just keeping it aware. I, I know some people, some game masters who keep diaries of their players and their players' needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great idea. I think sometimes it can be a bit much. Uh, but at the same time, if you're if you're having multiple groups or uh, different players, it can be a burden to try and remember who's what and, you know, whether this person has a peanut allergy or this person has a mushroom allergy or, yeah, absolutely. you know, or, or this person doesn't like alcohol, please don't offer it to them because they, they're recovering, you know, yeah, something yeah, like that. Absolutely. You know, sometimes it's nice to have those notes about your players beyond their, like, this, you know, beyond the more harder stuff that you should be staying away from that they've asked you to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, the whole spiders thing. Oh yeah, one of our one of our friends terribly arachnophobic. Yep. Um, and yep. so you just you just know like don't even put miniatures of them out on the table. No. Nope. Like no. Nope. Don't describe them in great detail. Yep. Just in fact, don't don't even make them an encounter. Yep. Switch you're, it to kobolds. Yeah, you're running you're running a you're running a module that says there's giant spiders in this room. Nope. Now they're kobolds. Yep. Or or or, or centipedes. Sure. Great. Sure. Wonderful. You know. Um. Also, uh, crosstalk at the table can also be challenging when you've got a player who has challenging hearing. Yes, and we, uh, we've both we, encountered we, this. Yeah, we we have a, we have a, a player in common who mm-hmm. is hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, the very first thing I do in my game is I put on some background music and I sound check with that player. Mm-hmm. Are you sitting in a place that this is going to disrupt you? And then I sound check occasionally during the game as well. Of mm-hmm. like, is this? 
I'm putting on some battle music. This is different from the soothing music I was playing earlier. Mm-hmm. Is this too loud? Are we I still need to adjust it? Yep. Or a voice that uh, a voice or a tenor that you're putting out for an NPC that may not register oh, yeah. with them yeah. at I've, all. I've been told they can't hear that NPC voice before. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Okay, I'll cool. switch. Your yep. comfort and understanding of my game is more important to me than any funny voice I'm doing right yep. now. Exactly, exactly. Sure. So Just let me know. So subtle little adjustments like that can make a huge difference and shows a lot of care. Mm-hmm. Because it is, in the end, a collaborative story. And to have collaboration, you need to have everybody who's there be part of it. And, and I think one of the biggest things about being ready to adjust as needed mm-hmm. um, is... Making sure those adjustments are done quickly and without any sighing, eye rolling, and you know, just just do them. Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee, like at least for me, I'm just speaking from mm-hmm. personal experience. Like, I don't want to be a burden on anybody. Mm-hmm. That's like a huge character flaw of mine is mm-hmm. that I will not speak up in my own defense ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. If I ask something of you, if I summon the courage to ask something of you, and your response is, all right, I'm never going to ask that of you ever again. Even though you said yes, I am never going to ask you ever again because you told me it was an inconvenience mm-hmm. by sighing and rolling your eyes at me. Yep. Um, and I'm just going to sit there and be uncomfortable now in your in your presence forever in the future, you know? Uh, so the biggest thing about this is of uh, is making your table safe to make those adjustments to need the, to 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 ask for the need for those adjustments. Mm-hmm. You know, my players know they can speak up and say, "Hey, the music is a bit hot. Can you can you kick it back a notch?" Yep, absolutely. Yep, done and done. Yep, it's what two twitches of my finger on my cell phone to turn the volume down. Yep, and now you're helping. It costs me nothing to make sure my players are comfortable. Mm-hmm. And make sure that they know that their input is valued at my table mm-hmm. and that their happiness is paramount to me. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And so uh, it's just watching for those little discomforts, mm-hmm. catching them and making a note and adjusting for those in, as you said, a, a simple and open way. So maybe one of your players needs to fidget. Let them fidget. Mm-hmm. If they're drawing or something, as long as that isn't then being extrapolated into a distraction for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need two of my players at my table trading Pokemon in, in Pokemon Go. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah. doing battles and stuff. No, you're, you're not playing my game. Mm-hmm. You know. But, like, your your wife yep. um, keeps open a... Uh, um... Like a gem game. Just a little, yeah, gem game. Basically, she's playing Candy Crush or some some variant thereof. And it's like, it's mindless, Mm -hmm. but allows her to fidget. 100%. And she is present in the game. She's in every conversation. Yep. But she's always on her tablet just to make sure that she has something to do. Yep. And we uh, we have a common player who often gets migraines. And needs to just take a straight up break. Oh, yeah. And we'll kind of just, we'll watch them shut down. We're like, do you need like a five minute or a 10 minute? And they're like, yep, I, give me 15 minutes on the couch. Yeah, we, we get we get the scrunge. Yeah, where the, that, 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 that furrowing part of the front of the forehead before the hand comes up and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not here. The hand comes up and either massages the temple or like the front of the, you know, between the eyes, mm-hmm. the bridge of the nose sort of thing. And you're like, yeah, oh, like, okay. It's time for a 15 minute break. Let's yep. get up. Everybody else stretch. Grab some water. Let's, good. let's pause here. You need some painkillers. Yeah. You need some, yeah. Yep. Some, something to do that and that goes right into take breaks 
Yeah. Like, remember to take a break. Swamp butt is a thing. Okay? (laughs) That happens. It is terrible. Look it up. You know, Nathan Fillion tried to help everybody by talking about Swamp Butt. Swamp Butt? In my game? It's more likely than you think. (laughs) It's it's true. It is actually exceptionally true. So, I... When I'm doing online games, I literally try and set a timer to show me when an hour has passed. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you'll get involved much tighter in an online game as a storyteller than you will anything else. Yeah, again, because you you don't have the physical feedback. You don't see people squirming in their seats to tell you it's time to take a break. You're just staring at a screen. But at a minimum, at a dead minimum, take a mid-break. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're if you three hours into a six-hour session and you feel like six hours is all you got, freaking take a break at three. Like, just straight up break and make it meaningful. Yeah. But realistically, breaking every hour is not a bad idea, even if it's only just for a few minutes. You're not going to lose that much momentum. Just get up, take a stretch, get a bathroom break, refill your drink. Welcome Hulavoo to the live chat. Yeah, you know, things yeah. Like that. You know, just, we're not just, quite an just hour a, in. Just so. a quick, just a quick little break. That's right. That's right. Stretching does make a huge difference. Physical, just moving a little bit physically can make a huge difference for a lot of people. Uh, we usually do almost like an intermission in, during my games. Yeah. Um, your games have shifted timetable a little bit, so they're they're not um they're not in a place where the intermission would really fit. I don't think anymore. No. But like mine start at noon and then we'll play till roughly two thirty three o'clock. And then mm-hmm. we'll take like a straight up meal break for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come back and finish till about six or so. Yeah. Yeah. Yours, yours run a little bit longer, but because of the, my time, my timing on mine, we actually pack more in. Yeah. And like the mini breaks are more conversational breaks as I'm, I'm setting things up between scenes. I'll be dead honest with you though. I think my game moves a lot quicker now that we're playing Savage Worlds. Way quicker. Way quicker. Way quicker. We Way cleared quicker. a lot of plot last game, and I'm so happy for it because yeah. that means that we're not going to be playing this until 2028. You know, yeah. And and that's that's another thing that we were kind of leading in on this is that you you as a storyteller want to get into content, but one of the best things you can do sometimes is pause before a scene, yeah. whether it's a fight sequence or not. If you're 45 minutes from the end of your playtime that you've got allotted out for the game, you know, and that's the stop time that people are comfortable with or that you're comfortable with as a mm-hmm. storyteller. Stop. Stop early. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't roll into a big boss battle with 45 minutes left before you're caught oh, God, time. no. Like, don't don't let leave people hanging in that way. I mean, even if people are like, hey, can we go do this? And you're like, yeah, that'd actually be a good scene. Okay, uh you know what, let's wrap here and I'll write something up for that next session. Mm-hmm. Do it. Even if you've got other scenes planned, pause it. You, there's no requirement. I mean, yeah, you get that feeling of like, I could do another 10 pages of this novel before you know the night and finish another chapter. Don't do that to your players. Mm-hmm. Don't. This isn't a novel. Don't do that to your players. Yes, especially if you're an older gaming group like we are. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. if you're young and spry and in your twenties or teens or something like that, and you can pull the thirty six hours without sleep all nighters and stuff like that, by all means, play to your heart's heart's content. But but I also remember how horrific some of those late night points were, and like <laughs> combat is one thing. But I remember like having terrible conversations with people that were supposed to be our characters, and it was just somebody's grumpiness. Yeah. I remember um, watching uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan on uh, Adventures Academy okay. um, talking about how uh, grumpiness affects, or, you know, like like tiredness affects the uh, the the overall mood at the table. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'll straight up tell you, like I've noticed, the later into the night, the more murder hoboey we get." Yeah, you know, it's the just want to get it done. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I did read one thing where a DM deliberately would run games at odd times for specific outcomes from the players. That, I don't know how I feel about that. He wanted to see, his, his whole thing was, if I ran a game for a group who worked 9 to 5 jobs at 7 p.m. on a Friday, is it different than if I ran it on Saturday at 1 or on a, or, 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 and ran the session different for a different length of time. Or if I ran it at 9 p.m. on a Thursday, knowing that they had to work the next day. I don't know how I feel about that. I agree. But his responses were interesting off it. I feel a little bit like a lab rat. Kind of, kind of. But at the same time, like, it was, he would run very light games, but any of those weekday players were vicious. Uh-huh. You could tell as it got later and later, they just wanted it done. Yeah. They just wanted to, to wrap it up and get back to base and, and finish up whatever they were doing. <laughs> Fine, I stab him, let's go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, on the weekends, they would, you know, have lovely conversations and it would be very light and they could think about things. But then as it started to get later, they were like, eh, it's not so interesting. Let's get this fight over with. Mm-hmm. And it was very different, very different. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, uh, so we we have set start and start start and stop times too. Yes, like that's yeah. one of the things we've kind of implemented in the last couple of years is yeah. like hard hard stops. It used to be play until we're done, mm-hmm. and it's just it got to the point nope. where we're just like, no, it's nope. we're pulling the plug at exactly this time. At the worst, yeah. at the worst, yeah. And we've been pretty good about hitting those. Sometimes, I think. sometimes my breakdown goes a little bit over. Yeah. Uh, but like at that point, everybody's just packing up their dice and just saying like, yeah, it was a great game. You yeah. Know, I love the part where this happened. Yep. 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 I agree. I agree. So, but I think that kind of lends into uh, the other thing, which is that when you're doing, uh, when you're running your games and mm-hmm. you're have you're calendaring out the events, I think that's a very important thing is to make sure that your players know when the session is yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. You know, whatever it means you need to accommodate as the host and storyteller, I say host and storyteller, to make sure people are there on time, to make sure that they understand the time slot. And the need for that time so that they can feel respectful for it. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Um, and just a little reminder. Sometimes it takes a little extra effort to send everybody a reminder. But that little extra effort means they show up. Or you know ahead of time. Especially right now with people getting sick. And with people having to deal with other things and work and schedules and getting changed up. Yeah, I, I, I still contend that um, putting things on your calendar is not necessarily the the du- sole duty of the storyteller that if you have a calendar you can put things on it your damn self i agree um so if it's not there if if the storyteller who is managing literally everything else forgets to send an invite don't blame the storyteller i i 100% agree with you on that statement so i but it's it's been a point of contention in our group so mm-hmm. i just kind of want to throw that out there but nope, nope. uh uh, but you have the is... right as an as a microphone holding <laughs> yeah. member of this show, <laughs> yeah, of show to pitch your bitch <laughs> to pitch my bitch. Um, but uh, but that that said, it is very good to have like if you've got like a Google Calendar or whatever that you guys all coordinate on stuff that send out the invites sure. so that people can have it out there at one click. Um, if you coordinate on a Discord like we do, mm-hmm. post it in the Discord so yep. people can go back and reference it. Yep pin the message if need be whatever yeah, but yeah. There's, there's a number of digital ways of sh- kind of sharing that time and date with people to make sure that it's it's out there for everybody so there's yeah. never a question of like what are we doing this weekend yeah and speaking of discord since it's so ridiculously available and a lot of people either a like it or completely hate it because there's just too much to follow 
it is still a really good way to also handle that extra communication. Mm -hmm. You know, those times when, you know, if players are just doing something light in between games or right at the end of last session, they're like, you, you wrap up with them returning and they're like, oh, I really wanted to go shopping and stuff. Get that done on Discord. Do it over messaging. Yeah. You know, get those things out of the way so that you can get into the game. Get into the story and ha- and not have your first hour of the game them trying to recall where they left off and stumbling in the dark on, of, oh, that's all right, I was also going to go do this shopping and I got to get these spells ready. Yeah. You know, and things like that. That's I mean, the biggest thing I've liked. To, I like having the, the, the Discord meta discussion for mm-hmm. is... Uh, just essentially trying to sort out the plot and trying to sort out all of our all of our reactions yeah. to it and such like that. Yep. I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. Like, this guy's trying to do this, but this guy's standing in his way because of this reason. Like, yep. yes, you've got you've it. You've got that. That's solid. Cool. All right. Then in that case, our decision is this. And then you, as a storyteller, because you're part of that discussion, yep. know what to prep for next game. Exactly. Like and that takes a load off of us during game to have to do any of that. And I think... If you're noticing as a player that other players aren't recognizing where a plot's at or not following things, pass the catch-up. Like, ask the question. Mm-hmm. Throw it out there. Throw something. Like, I thought this is what's going on. Yeah. So that your storyteller can be like, is that what everybody's agreeing with? And they're all like, no, I didn't know anything about that. Or I was not aware of that's how this was going. You know what? While we're on this topic, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up something that isn't on our on our show sheet here that I, I forgot love, to put down. Go for it. Um... The, uh, the, the, the player, the, uh, the, the NPC cards that yes. you and I have been implementing. Yes. Um, so there's been an on- ongoing discussion between you and I yes. about how I find your plot hard to follow. Yep. And I think at first, like I was sensing this from you and I don't yep. want to put words in your mouth, but I'm sensing, I was sensing from you a little bit of like you were kind of taking it a little personally because it, it seemed like you were like, I what, what, what's wrong with my plot? You know, kind of mm-hmm. like what, why can't you follow it? It's simple. Like. Um, and we got into a discussion about how people learn. Yep. And my learning is extraordinarily visual. Um, and I, I this like goes for like training at work. Uh, this goes for my years in school and college and stuff like that. Um, if somebody just reads me something, and I've I've even had this discussion with Sean, like Sean trying to read me something out of a rule book at one point, and I'm like, "Well, just give me the book." Yep. And he's like, "Well, I'll just read it to you." I'm like, "No, no, no." Give me the book. I need to see it right. to be able to process it. If you tell me something audibly, it goes in one ear and out the other. So, like, without visual aids, mm-hmm. I'm finding your plot difficult to follow because your NPCs at this current point are all orcs. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of sound the same. Well, they to have to. Because mm-hmm. they're all orcs. They've yeah. all got that gruff voice. So, mm-hmm. like, okay. I get it. I'm not saying you're doing something wrong as a storyteller. Yep. Yep. What I'm saying is that I'm not processing it because there's not enough differentiating them in my mind. Mm-hmm. Can you give me just like a list of their names and mm-hmm. a quick description of which one they are in mm-hmm. the plot? Because I kind of know you've got the druid one mm-hmm. and you've got the jerk one mm-hmm. and you've got the, the, the council, the ineffective council member one mm-hmm. and you've got the nefarious one who's doing magic stuff, mm-hmm. who shouldn't be doing magic yep. stuff. Yep. And, and you're like, yes, 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 those are all characters. I'm like, right, I don't know who the hell any of their names are. <laughs> I could tell you all the names individually, but I couldn't draw lines between name <laughs> and person. Yeah. So you did that yep. for me. You wrote that all out. And then next game session, you brought 
um, you used one of the uh, we were discussing some of the the various like uh, things that use like AI to like build make faces, make and, faces stuff. Yep. and stuff, which are really cool. There's a lot no, of great online tools. Fantastic. For those. So you went online and made headshots for them all. So now we have a visual, mm-hmm. a face to put with a name to put with a personality. Yep. And I think last game session when I had those in front of me was the most in tune and on plot I have mm-hmm. ever felt in your game. Yep. Simply because we had a discussion about how I learn best and what you needed and what I needed as a as a as an as an aid and you provided it for yep. me. Yep. Sim- simple simple thing. Did not take me that long to do and actually helped me um, because then it gave me visual representations for all the characters. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I I put these same things in in play in my game yep. too. You did. Um and we went from uh, uh who's that thieves guild guy to you guys going, "Hey, what's Domitus doing here?" Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you guys that's... are using their names casually in conversation. I know I've won. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know? Nope. That's the best part. It's great. When you can visualize who you're playing against and what the NPCs are, it, it makes so much more. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes back to that whole tactical feel of why you have minis on the table is that this gives you one more aspect of it. So, yep, totally, totally. Um, I think motivation is kind of the last big thing for me mm-hmm. is that... You want to make sure that your players getting to the session are motivated. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things where everyone can be involved. If you really like a game, if you're a player and you really like a game, get motivated in the communication with the other players. Ask questions. Throw out, you know, are are we doing this? Is this where we're going in the next session? Mm -hmm. Because it will help remind them and motivate them and move them forward, even if it's something light. And I think that's a huge benefit to the storyteller. I think as the storyteller, asking your players what they expect to see coming up in the story as a player. Like, do you, you know, what do you want to see um, from the next part of the story? Or even give them your preamble. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they already know? Like, what what did they just come out of? What are they going into? Yep. Especially if it's yep. been a long time between your sessions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, having that little splash, you give, know. Give them facts. Yeah, only facts. Tell them, tell, well, and, and I mean, specify that these are facts. Right. These are things you know. Yep. This person did this. It's not hinted. It's not an allegation. It's not a maybe. This person did this. Yep. You have this item, which does this. Yep. So that they can, instead of flailing around and playing guesswork and chasing red herrings for yep. seven game sessions, your players walk in feel empowered to pursue plot yep. that they've already figured out. Yeah, don't you know? make assumptions about what your players know. Give it to them each time because you don't know what's happened between this session and the last session. Exactly. It's something we, 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 we've heard from one of our players. It's like, I don't remember what I had for dinner yesterday. You expect me to remember your plot from a month ago. Right. They, they have a real life. Let them have that real yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. It's important to remember that even though you, as the storyteller, <laughs> think about your plot all the time. Every time you're on the toilet, every time you're in the shower, every time you're driving in the car, you're thinking to yourself, hmm, what should I do for next game? Oh, what if this NPC did this tricksy thing? Mm-hmm. They aren't. Mm-mm. They aren't. They're players. They show up at your game. They think about your game once a month. We'd all like it to happen more, but it doesn't. Nope. They think about your game once a month or once a week or however frequently they play, and they stop thinking about it when they leave your table. Not all players are like that, but most. But most of them. But most of them. But most of them. Don't count on them to think it more. If they do, that's a bonus. I'm glad you have players that are that enthusiastic about your game. 
but you can only ever count on your players to think about your game when they're at your table. Yep. And so they don't know your NPCs as intimately as you do. Mm -hmm. They didn't invent them. Mm -hmm. They haven't spent the last month thinking about them. Yep. So. All right. Uh, so Overwatch's question, you you did answer. What was the disaster or warning for Hot Carefeed? Dog Kid? Hot Dog Kid was the answer for that one. Um, I think for me, um, the worst disaster probably has to have been. I wouldn't even say it, like I can't think of a really really bad disaster. Um, and again, you didn't have to be the storyteller here. You might have just been involved in yeah, the situation. Um. I remember one session where the host of the game session was at their house and they had not informed their family that we would be playing games uh, and that there'd be people over and we all got kicked out. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty big fail. Yeah, I think they were actually grounded um, at the time. So Make they... sure your gaming environment is conducive to gaming. Exactly. I think that was the big one there. And yep. I think the only other ones have ever really been just minor. Um, but I will say that... Uh, 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 unprepared for the ramifications of medif- medication is a thing that can happen. Okay. Uh, somebody was starting a new medication and did not realize the level of drowsy they were going to get off of it and basically passed out during the game session silently. Just yeah. drifted off to sleep. And we didn't know if we should keep gaming or not. Yeah. Yeah, they were definitely not part of that game session, but I remember that, and I remember that was kind of like one of those, like, okay, like, maybe we should have just not, like, that That was a bad situation, but it wasn't horrific. Like, yeah. we recovered, because they felt bad I mean, about un- it. I so. mean, unforeseen side effects of medication, I can understand. Yeah. Um, you were present for one. I had a player just straight up fall asleep on yep. the couch. Yep, totally did. Um, that, that player did not last long no. in my, my group. No. Um, but yeah. And, and when, when, when confronted about it, it was just like, oh yeah, sorry. I was just up late last night. I'm like, why? Like, yeah. You like knew you, you were knew, gaming yeah. today. Like, yeah, you just, you chose to do something horrific. Yeah. Disrespectful. I will use that term. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So next question, uh, Hulavu, um, it's a question they've been on their mind for a while. At tables I've played at, there is always a social contract. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very yep. true. For example, at my table, players do not pickpocket each other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, this can be spoken or unspoken. How do you make sure your players know the boundaries and what uh, what do you do when players violate them? Uh, my goal is always to min-max the fun on every table, but some players I've had at tables where certain players only want to make the game fun for themselves at the expense and enjoyable experience of the other group. I totally have had those experiences where I've had, I've been players at tables where other players have literally just wanted the world to burn around them at the expense of other players. Yeah. yeah like, I've I, totally experienced that. And I think that comes back to curating your players more than anything else. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a handful of things that go into it. Curating your players, um, a lot of the stuff, you definitely want to discuss at a session zero. Yeah, the, the general theme and feel of the party. Yeah. Like, hey, we're all shadow runners, but there's a code that you don't steal from your chummers. Well, I don't, I don't you know. even know that you needed to take it in game. Well, like, well I'm just... There, there's uh, there, the the social contract is an, is an out of game thing. Like, it's, it's not, you don't have to worry about like, oh, there's a code you don't steal from your chummers. You just straight up tell your players like there is not going to be any pvp action in this game mm-hmm. i will not tolerate you you know trying to harm physically harm your other players 
I will not uh, tolerate you physically trying to screw them over as in like pickpocketing them mm-hmm. or selling them out to the corpse or whatever and some right, of that. Right. You are at this table with the understanding that you are working together towards a goal against the, the, the NPC plot, essentially. Right, right. Um, and that is, I'm stating that from an out-of-character standpoint that it's just not going to be part of the game. Mm-hmm. In the same way that like sexual assault isn't going to be part of our game. Right. In the same way that torture isn't going to be part of our right. game. Right. You know, yep. it, it's it's the same sort of social contract and it crosses those same lines and that it puts it into not fun areas for other people. I think straight up just state it. Oh, man. Yeah. And and kind of going on uh, Overwatch brought up an interesting point. That was the uh, World of Darkness goofballs was his. And I totally remember those years of World of Darkness and people being just stupid. Playing mm-hmm. World of Darkness characters, powerful vampires who were themselves. You know, yeah. like you're playing yourself yeah, as yeah, a vampire yeah. or a werewolf, effectively. And just, you know, becoming personal gods in terrible ways and trying to manage that. It's a, it's a power fantasy and living out your power fantasy on other people and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that's, I, I think that to a degree is something that definitely happens and leans into this that Hulavu's talking about is that, you know, people are trying to do things to people at the table but they're using the guise of their character doing it yeah yeah to be able to get away with something um i i think a lot of this follows along the same sort of lines in the social contract as like the x card does mm-hmm. you know i mean you'll you'll uh, throw the x card out in in situations where like the subject matter at the table is getting out of hand mm-hmm. um but i think you can absolutely i, I don't let's say it's an x card like you i wouldn't i wouldn't say i'm throwing the x card mm-hmm but I'm saying you can use it in kind of the same way as an X card. Mm-hmm. As a storyteller, you don't need to say yes to everything. I know there's a lot of talk about mm-hmm. not yucking other people's yum and yes ending mm-hmm. and being a fan of your players and so that. These are all things we talk about a lot. Yeah, very much so. But you don't you don't have to be a fan of your players at the expense of your other players. Correct. Okay. Correct. And so if somebody is trying to like pickpocket another player and this clearly isn't a fun interaction for them. Yeah. I mean, judge the room. Yeah. If both players are okay with it, then, you know, I mean, I suppose let it go. I mean, you know? a, a good, I would say a good example uh, of this was the end of your last act. Yes. Where one of the players literally did something nefarious. Where Sean's character. Mm-hmm pulled an illusion mm-hmm. and pocketed the powerful magic artifact you your entire quest had been to destroy. Correct. And pocketed it. Yep. And then even had a cheeky little scene at the end where he's like, okay, so, you know, cut cut to my room mm-hmm. in my apartments where I'm alone. And I I pull out of a cloth. I pull a little, little red cloth out and there's the crown. And I look down at it and I sigh and I say, ah, now what am I going to do with you? Right. And scene. Right. And because everybody at the table was like, oh, you stole from us. I mean, but every kind of knew, I think. But but still, though, like... Like, I will say, as a player, I felt shat on. Really? I completely felt shat on. Did you? Uh, my agency was removed. We literally finished it in act and felt like we had completed and destroyed something. And it was literally taken away invisibly by another player. Because your feedback did not reflect that. Correct. Because I had a second thought about it as how what would it what does it really mean? Mm-hmm. Was I cheated anything? No. Was no. the story finished? Yeah. Yes. Is there some kind of excitement to it? Yeah. Okay. But what changed my mind about it was he brought it in game. He didn't. It wasn't Sean going. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sorry, I was about ready to stop the audio before it goes on. But okay. that's the thing I would have to say about it is that he made it 
part of the game. Yes, yes, agreed. So. All right, so next week's topic, we're talking about uh, board games as RPGs. When does the line between a board game and an RPG get blurred? Can it you roleplay with them? It can get very blurry. So you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and mixlr.com slash storyteller dash Conclave. And uh, join us up on our Discord. We'd love to hear from you there. Um, uh, join the discussion. Shoot us a couple questions. We'll discuss them here on the air. Uh, you can find that link on our Twitter as well as our website, storytellerconclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members, especially our name members, Knox in the Box, Sam, the Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, and Hulavu. We appreciate all of your assistance every single month. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro music, which you're hearing right now, it's only our footprints in the sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at freemusicarchive.org. A big shout out as always to our families, Vicky Sean. We love you so much. Thank you for supporting us over all these uh, Thank this you. time Thank with you. our podcast. All of our friends who sat with us at our tables over the years give us these great stories to share with you, especially <laughs> about Hot Dog Boy. Yes. <laughs> and you, every single one of our listeners. We love you so much. We love you. Good night. Good night.